Well, hello, and welcome to another podcast. I think it's episode 17 of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Hey, we know this. This is like easy, conventional wisdom. You take a shower, you show up wherever you're going on time, five, ten minutes early, and when you get there, you don't steal anything. Um, We all know this, but there are people who still don't get it, and that's why I named the book that title. Uh, By the way, the book is available now on um, Kindle and uh, ebook readers, and the only one I know of is Kindle, honestly. I think it's on all of them. Um, but it does um, download it and um, save money or pick it up at Barnes & Noble. So let's move right into it. Today is Monday. Normally I do the podcast on a Sunday because Sundays are kind of like slow and a little bit lazier and there's time to do things like do a podcast. Um, today, um, wanted to get it in because I've kind of got a goal for myself to keep the podcast going. This is what I learned about podcasts. I heard this. I thought it was really interesting. The average lifespan of a podcast is, take a guess, how many podcasts do you think people do before they give up? They give up after about 10. And so we've almost doubled that now. So yay us. We're still plugging away. But I think people do it and then they kind of get frustrated because you know they don't really have much of an audience and I think that if you don't have a lot of experience in doing a podcast, um, uh, sitting down and just talking by yourself in a room or interviewing your friend or talking to your, you know, whoever uh, is a little more challenging than a lot of people think. I think that's the thing about our jobs. I've noticed this over the years when whenever we do Fallon for a day and we used to do Corey for a day and Angie for a day back when they all worked there, Lena for a day. Um, and it's interesting because people would say, I'd be perfect. I know I'd be perfect to come in and do what you guys do. I'm so funny and my friends are, they say that I'm so funny and I absolutely believe them and they are perfect and funny off the air and you get in front of a microphone and if you're not used to that environment, you really, you, you don't know what to say, especially with your with a bunch of people and you're being watched and you're being rated and kind of judged by people who are listening. So, you know, I think Fallon makes what she does look really easy. And I think most radio people do. Uh, and it is easy to us because we've been doing it. This is what we do for a living. But if you ever do a podcast um, and you find it a little bit tricky, you know, keep plugging away. I'll give you one quick piece of advice on doing a podcast. Download a program called Audacity. And it's pretty simple. It's moderately intuitive. Um, there's some controls on there that you probably would not recognize. Um, but if you figure out Audacity and then upload it onto SoundCloud.com, now you've got got a podcast. If you've got a friend who's a bit of a tech geek, they can probably figure out how to get it onto iTunes. And getting it onto iTunes was free. So I think that the key is, you know, you got to you got to know a little bit about like, I don't know, recording it and uh, the microphone to use. And you can use a cheapy headset microphone because let's face it, you know, if it's just broadcast to your friends, uh, it doesn't really matter how great the quality of the sound is. So anyway, um, uh, we are going to talk about a couple of things here. Um, so speaking of uh, Sunday and uh, Sundays um, for our show is not really a day off. I mean, we get part of the day off, but we work all afternoon and part of the evening on stuff that we're working on for our show for the coming week. And Fallon and Steve and I will send ideas back and forth and and try to come up with ideas that we can you know come up with. Well, what do we want to talk about this? Or I get an email from this woman who wants to tell this story about this. Or what do you want to do for Make My Monday? So the process of working on the show is really, I mean, a lot of people think we just go in and kind of it happens organically. And really, that's the farthest from the truth. We really 
plan everything out. Um, and we try to make everything, you know, so one show is not too heavy on something serious. And another one is like, you know, got some, you know, local things to talk about. Others got some fun stuff. So we try to blend it together and we try to work as much as our personal lives into the show as we can too. But that takes some work. And, and I thought about this. I thought, well, we stay really busy. Just our, our household is always busy. Tonight we've got Boy Scouts and uh, Carson's got music lessons. And this week I'm going to Boy Scout dinner. And then I get an all weekend long. I'll be at a Boy Scout camp out. Lots of Boy Scouts. Um, and to work in something like the podcast, it'd be easier to go, nah. But I want to tell you, I want to thank my dad for the work ethic that he gave me when I was a kid. Um, I didn't realize that he was teaching me a work ethic. I thought he was just a giant pain in the ass. And I would actually almost try to hide from him so he wouldn't find me and make me go do some mundane task. And I remember one time I was in my... This is just very, very typical. I uh, moved downstairs into the basement uh, when I was about 16. I lived right next door to my mom and dad's bedroom up until then. And I moved down to the basement to kind of get away from him and get a little more privacy because what 16-year-old doesn't want privacy? So I moved downstairs and I remember I've got this on tape somewhere. I was recording something on a, a tape recorder back when I was in high school. And you hear my dad come into the room and I let the tape run. And I wish I knew where it was because it's kind of funny. And he's like, hey, uh, sawed up a bunch more of those logs up on the hill. Uh, so uh, you need to go up there and you need to load those up and take them down to the woodshed. And, and I was like, God damn it. Stop giving me. I didn't say it. I would have never talked that way to my dad. Stop giving me shit to do all the time. Um, uh, and I remember one time I was going to go fishing with my buddy Scott. Dad, can I go fishing with my friend Scott? Yeah, sure. As soon as you cut up some of that wood that's out behind the house, I'm like, God, stop giving me shit to do. But what dad did without me ever realizing it was to give me a work ethic. So the norm seemed to be I'm doing some work. That's not so bad. Um, and so now, all these years later, work doesn't really bother me. My dad used to say, a little hard work never hurt anybody. Hey, listen, I don't do hard work. I don't have to lift anything. I'm not like, you know, up on a roof somewhere installing shingles. What I do isn't hard work. It's work. There's no question. And you're probably the same way, unless maybe you're a server or maybe you do something manual that really requires a lot of work. That's hard work. And I admire you for that. Um, but somewhere along the line, hey, listen, you're getting up, you're going to work every day. Somebody instilled a work ethic into you. Who was it? Was it your dad? Was it your mom, your grandparents? Who instilled that work ethic into you? And uh, I definitely would want to thank my dad. He's not around anymore. He's been gone for a long time. But I would definitely want to thank him for um, instilling that work ethic in me. And then it made me think, I want to ask you a question. Think about this for a minute. I don't know how old you are and how long it's been since you lived with your parents. Maybe you still live with your parents. But think about a time when your parents were most proud of you. What was it for? Can you remember one time in particular when your parents were really proud of you? I'll give you one for um, uh, each of my kids. Beth, when she got into college, I thought that was awesome. Uh, Chase, when he got a job as a news anchor. Um, Carson, when he got the first perfect score at a percussion competition. 
in his high school's history. First perfect score, 40 out of 40. He's very proud of him. And Allison, oh my God, when she got into like St. Thomas and she graduated with honors and she got her job, she, she gave me a lot to be proud of. That kid there, Allison, she's an overachiever. So what about you? What point in your life were your parents most proud of you? I'll give you a second to think about that one while I tell you about mine. Uh, we were in, I was in scout camp. Uh, I was probably 12 or 13 years old, and I was never really very good at anything. I couldn't build anything, and I, I played trumpet, but I didn't play it very well. And I did magic, and I thought that was kind of cool, and I think my mom and dad thought that was kind of cool too. Uh, but one year at scout camp, Camp Alexander in Colorado Springs, outside of Colorado Springs, Colorado, um, my dad was a really good shot with a gun, with a rifle. And when he was in the military, he won all kinds of competitions. So I learned a lot from him about how to shoot. So at scout camp one year, I kept going back to the rifle range every day to get the high score for the week. And the kid that got the high score for the week would win the Silver Bullet Award. And the most possible, the high score you can get was 50 out of 50. And I think I started the week with like a 41. And I'd go back the next day and another kid... One kid, he beat me by one point. So I'd go that day, I'd go and I'd shoot again. 10 bullets, and I think that, you know, like I said, the highest score you can get was 50. So then I'd get a 43. The kid would then beat me, he'd get a 44. Then finally, it was like up to 48. I had a 48, and there was no way this kid was going to beat me and get a 49. It's almost impossible. You almost got to fire into the same holes that you just made. So I had a 48, and let's say it was like Thursday night. We leave on Saturday. Friday morning, I go down there, and I check the scores at the rifle range. This kid had gotten a 49, and he beat me. And I could not get a 49. A 49 is almost impossible. And I remember I was disappointed, and I was really bummed because I would have, man, I'd never won anything in my life. I'd, you know, I'd never been good at sports or whatever, but I killed it at the rifle range. And I remember thinking, God, dad would have been so proud of me to get that silver bullet award. But you know what? I look back and I think he was very proud of me anyway, because, hey, I got a 48. Not bad. And I think he was also proud of me that, you know, that, um, that, you know, that I've done okay in radio. And I was really happy one time when he was older and he lived in Colorado, and he was shoveling snow at like the age of 72 years old. I bought him a snowblower, and I think he was really proud of me. I was proud of myself for buying my dad a snowblower, and he loved that thing. So think about that. Maybe you got an answer already. When were your parents most proud of you? All right. Um, uh, there was something else I was going to talk about, and that is the Facebook page. Uh, the Facebook page is uh, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. And uh, I was, of course, because the podcast is based on the book, we got to talk about a chapter from the book. This is one of my favorite ones. Uh, chapter 49, as soon as you have a little money, somebody will be happy to take it from you. And I don't think we've talked about this one before on the podcast, but even if we have, it's, it's uh, kind of bears repeating. Uh, that when my dad passed away, he didn't have a lot of money, but when he died, he left all six of his kids with an inheritance of about $20,000 each. One of my siblings was so happy to suddenly have a decent chunk of money that she bragged about it to the people at work. 
And let me tell you, she's she's never had any money. She never worked a job that paid much money. She's a, a wonderful, sweet person, a great soul, but she never had any money. All of a sudden, she had $20,000, so she could not wait to tell people at work. Big mistake. The story goes, within a few days, a co-worker wrote her a heartfelt letter asking for money so he could enroll in law school. He even referred to her as sister in the Christian sense, appealing to her religious beliefs because she's kind of religious. Now, my sister, having the kindest heart ever, gave this moron thousands of dollars. And of course, she never got it back. Now, the letter this idiot wrote my sister had all the style and skill of a sixth grade dropout. The worst law school in the country would never have accepted this guy because you got to be pretty sharp to get into law school. My sister should have spotted this red flag. But like I said, she wanted to do something nice for somebody. Let me tell you, it is tempting to let people know when you have a little money in your pocket. It is hard to hide the fact that you're doing pretty well if there's suddenly a Porsche parked in your driveway. Uh, just avoid advertising that your grandpa left you $42 million or you'll be surrounded by people with their hand out. Uh, hey, listen, if you're doing well, great. I would say make it a habit of helping people that you want to help maybe on a regular basis. But don't loan people money. Don't loan a coworker or friend money. You know that story. Hey, there was one other thing that I wanted to pass along. And, and let me think of what, tell me what you think about this possibility. So we all talk about, um, uh, and you know, we don't want to get political on the podcast because you never convince anybody. But tell me what you think about this theory, about this philosophy, if you will. So we talk about a redistribution of the country's wealth. And you look at somebody who's, you know, they own this company and they own another company and they bought up this and this and you go, God, how much does one person need to own? How much can one person spend? So I get in a way, you know what? I get both sides. That's the way our economy is set up in America. You get to buy as much and own as much and, and earn as much and spend as much as you want to. Um, but I get that that some people just don't have that wealth. But then I thought, here's a philosophy. It's not about redistribution of wealth. It should be about redistribution of opportunity. Well, is there enough opportunity that it's spread around? Hey, listen, if you're rich and you have an opportunity to go to a great school and your parents have a great safe house and you got a, a, a neighborhood that's safe and people aren't breaking in and selling crack out on the sidewalk or or whatever and you got a place to study and you have great examples and your mom and dad you know are a great influence on you or your family is then you go to a great school you have a great opportunity but what about somebody who doesn't have that opportunity because they live in a shit neighborhood they got shit parents they go to a shit school so it's not that they need more money because what happens when you give money to somebody who's not used to having a lot of money? They spend it. Most of the time they blow it. And that's why a lot of poor people continue to be poor, if you ask me, because they, when they get money, they don't, know, they don't have any idea how to handle it. Um, and some, some probably wealthier people have the same problem. But I don't think it's a distribution of redistribution of wealth. It's a redistribution of opportunity. So if you took some kid who lives in a crappy part of town and all of a sudden that kid got an opportunity to what? Get an education, to live in a safer part of town. But then the question becomes, how do you, dis how do you redistribute opportunity? Is that even possible? I don't know. Um, and can you do that without redistributing wealth? 
So listen, I'm a capitalist. I think that it's as flawed as we all think it is, but it's the best system. Um, there's no other system that works like capitalism, um, but it does have its flaws. I don't know. So how do you redistribute opportunity? Maybe if you're really smart, you can leave a comment on my Facebook page. Um, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. I don't know. It's just kind of an intriguing thought that money is not necessarily going to do a lot of good. You can give a lot of people a lot of money, and some people say, well, people tend to spend it on the things that they need first. True, but I don't know. I, and, yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily know that I agree with that because I know some people that don't have any money. People in my family don't have any money for food and rent, so they're happy to take assistance, but when they do get some money, they are the first to treat themselves to a cruise or a trip to Las Vegas or the casino or whatever. I don't know. Okay, so your thoughts, always welcome. Uh, send an email to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Uh, let me know you're listening, any ideas that you want to talk about, and check out the Facebook page. Go like that Facebook page and let me know any thoughts on that one. And thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I think next week I'm going to look and see how many people actually listen. I think there's a counter on um, uh, on the website, so I'll go take a look at that. Have a great week, and thanks for listening to Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything.